There's nothing like having a friend to talk to when things are not going well. And in these challenging days, everyone has had moments when they are discouraged, sad, or worried. Catholic Charities wants you to know that we are here. If you or someone you know would like to share your concerns with a professional, call 312-948-6951 anytime, day or night, and you will be connected with an experienced counselor who will listen without judgment and offer compassionate, confidential advice that you can trust. That phone number again is 312-948-6951. Before, during, and after COVID-19, Catholic Charities is here for you. Since 2006, the Charities Golf Classic has been held each summer to raise critical funds for Catholic Charities of Lake County. While this event cannot be held this year in person, your help is needed now more than ever. An online event is being held for all those who regularly attend this outing and want to continue their tradition of support. Your donation to Catholic Charities will ensure that all programs are running at full strength when people need help most. 92 cents of every dollar donated goes directly to helping people in need. Be a champion and support the Charities Golf Classic this year. Go to catholiccharities.net and search for Charities Golf Classic or call 847-782-4119. That's 847-782-4119. Thank you. Catholic Charities has had the privilege of helping people in need in Cook and Lake County for more than 100 years. We have been ready through many historic moments and we continue to respond with competence and compassion during these unprecedented times. We would like to take this opportunity to thank our frontline workers who, despite the risks, excel at their jobs every day. From the warehouse staff members who pack boxes of nutritious foods for low-income seniors, to the dedicated WIC employees who remain open for families with children under the age of five, to our volunteers and restaurant partners who ensure that to-go meals continue for the homeless, to our home care aides, service coordinators, and trained counselors who continue their work in the most innovative ways, to our food pantry staff, and to all those who work at Catholic Charities Call Center, finding solutions for every person who reaches out to us for help. Charity is at the heart of all you do, and we salute you. You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. Every Monday through Friday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m., the Archdiocese of Chicago presents programming about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Thanks for letting us be part of your morning. Now again, Catholic Chicago.
everyone, and welcome to another broadcast of Diakonia, a call to service. Diakonia, of course, is the Greek word for service. It's also the root word for deacon. My name is Deacon Richard Hudzik, and I am proud and happy and privileged to serve the Archdiocese of Chicago as vicar for deacons. I also get to work and pray with the good people of Mary Mother of Divine Grace as one of the deacons there, Mary Mother of Divine Grace in Westchester. And as we have been doing during this COVID-19 epidemic time, Deacon Dave Brensick, the Diaconate's Associate Director, and who is also, by the by, Deacon at the Holy Guardian Angels Parish in Brookfield in LaGrange Park, is calling in from his from the safety of his home. Good day to you, Deacon David. Hello, Richard. Hello, everyone. And even though some parts of our society are shut down, other parts continue. Certainly the preaching, the good news of the gospel continues on. Certainly seeing how the resurrection arises out of the darkest hour, we are here to continue to engage in that sort of evangelization. This is part of what deacons do. The deacons' ministry is about service, liturgically at the altar, as teachers, and as servants and doers of charity. Now, this show, which the Archdiocese has so graciously granted to the Office of the Diaconate, is a show not about deacons, but it's a show by deacons, and we invite all those who listen to accompany us and to walk with us shoulder to shoulder in the service to the people of God. And as part of the discussion about what service might look like, we have invited Deacon Pete Letourneau and John Blazy, who will be uh, joining us today, joining Dave and me. And this is actually the second visit for Deacon Pete and John. And as it seems to be the case uh, so often that our wonderful guests have so much to say that we can't cover it in one 30-minute shot, so we're uh, taking another bite at the apple. And so we've invited uh, Deacon Pete Letourneau and John Blazy. Uh, who are going to join us again today and talk about Emmaus Ministries. Deacon Peter and John, are you there? Yes, good morning, Richard. That sounds like yes, Pete. Good, good morning. And that sounds like John. Good morning to you. Now, we're going to be talking about, as I say, Emmaus Ministries. This you might call part two of uh, continuation from last uh, the last show that we offered. Uh, we're going to talk about Emmaus Ministries. And John, I'm going to ask you, just in a very general way, what is Emmaus Ministries about? So Emmaus Ministries serves male survivors of trafficking and exploitation. Okay. We typically think of—oh, yeah. Go go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I I think we typically think of it as a female issue, but probably about a third of everyone who's involved in, in that life are male. Okay. All right, so now my ambition for this show today, and I, I ask you to join me in this ambition, all those who are on the, the line with me and, and those listening, but I want to do three things. One is to continue this broad uh, sketch of what Emmaus Ministries is. That's number one. Number two, I want to turn to something that we didn't have time for last time, and that is to talk about the ecumenical dimension of Emmaus Ministries, what that means, the benefits, challenges, if any, uh, what it means to work and pray with uh, with fellow Christians, and how that uh, gives life uh, to Emmaus Ministries. And then finally, I want to see how the work of Emmaus Ministries is, in one sense, 
ordinary is not the word, but maybe fully within the flow of what a Christian is called to do, because it fits within uh, so many, uh, if not all, of the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. So those are the three points we're going to get to today. We've got two breaks, so we'll try to do this uh, in three three segments. So the first part up, we'll continue on with you, John. Uh, Emmaus Ministries, when was it started? Where is it located? Does it have a website? And what is its work? Sure. Emmaus Ministries started in 1990 here in Chicago, which is where we still work. Uh, our focus is serving males who are involved in this life. When we started, Deacon John Green in the late 1980s just recognized that these men are out here, these boys are out there, and nobody is working with them. So we started um, in the early 90s. We have uh, a very nice one-word website, streets.org. Uh, so that, what's that? Streets, S-T-R-E-E-T-S dot org. Yep. That's, that's where our work is. That's where our heart is. We walk the road, um, just as the Christ walked the road to Emmaus. And currently we're serving the three to 5,000 males who are involved in the life in Chicago. Now, you're working with the, uh, the victims of male sex trafficking. W- what does it mean to work with them? Well, so the reason people get into this life there's a, a lot of factors, but they typically center around very difficult childhoods, a lot of uh, trauma and abuse, um, and homelessness. So you have people who are either runaways or throwaways finding themselves on the streets and being taken advantage of. A statistic that we, we point to is 41% of runaway youth were solicited on the first night of homelessness. So... We have a variety of, of ways that we serve them. We have a drop-in center where we're able to provide some of those immediate services, and then we provide referral services so that we can connect them to other uh, deep needs that they have. And this is all wrapped around uh, a trauma-informed approach which recognizes that being taken advantage of and exploited is something that's deeply painful, and, you know, it's a, it's a rejection of the image of God in people. So we... We're very mindful of that. So we care for these men, and then we assist them in escaping the life. Okay, very good, very good. Now, Pete, uh, what's, what, is, uh, what is your role with Emmaus Ministries? So my, my role currently with Emmaus Ministry is, Ministries is that I'm on the board of directors for, the, uh, for Emmaus, and I've uh, got involved with them during diaconate formation when it was my um, field study to charity and uh, practicum that I had to do. During, after aspirancy year, and it forever changed my life because I was on the streets walking with their outreach, outreach team for seven weeks on Wednesday evenings, um, reaching out to those men on the, you know, on the streets um, trying to survive in a really harsh world. Uh, so that's, in a nutshell, my involvement with Emmaus. And, and when, when, did that, when did that start? Oh, that was in uh, the summer of 2015 is the summer that I did outreach with them. And then in the spring of 2016 is when I was invited to be on the board of directors. Okay, so that's uh, the five years of experience. Are you a numbers guy? Uh, That's why you're the treasurer? Or you just uh, like to count or you like to be around money or what? Uh, I am a numbers guy. I'm very analytical. So I guess that is probably why I am 
the treasurer, but yeah. And in the, you know, in that role in a, on a board, it's just oversight of what the money is being spent on as opposed to the day-to-day operations of where every penny is going. So it's just, you know, it's a, a second set of eyes to make sure that there's no malfeasance going on, which there never is. Um, it's amazing what Emmaus does with what little they have. Um, they really make any dollar given to them go an extremely long way, which is, is very refreshing to see that um, they're not bloated at the top or with um, programs. It's, it's they, they utilize everything that comes in, no matter if it's in-kind donations or um, as cash donations. Okay. Well, that's, that's very good. Now, uh, John, I would go back to you. Your, uh, your excellent website, streets.org, uh, talks about the work of Emmaus in a uh, three-part uh Three dimensions, let me say. It says it's about awareness and prevention, it's about outreach, and it's about reinvestment. What, is, what, is that, what does all that mean? Sure. Uh, so I, I break it down with an ACTS model, A-C-T-S. Um, advocacy, awareness, prevention. If we don't talk about this, it's not going to stop. So I think when people hear, especially males, when we talk about abuse, when we talk about these things that chase against a cultural narrative that says that men can't be victims, men have to be strong, men um, can't show any sign of weakness. And so if we don't talk about this, and if we don't acknowledge this is something that's going to happen, we're not going to see young men involved in this. Uh, we talk about connecting with people on the street. That's, again, as Jesus walked with folks, he was involved, engaged in their life. Um, reinvestment is our hope to engage not only men that we've served, but other men that have come into the life so that we can help them reach other young boys who are still having to sell themselves and have that mentorship so that we can see them lead the life as well. And what, is, what does success look like in terms of uh, in, encountering the, these, these young men? I mean, that's, that's a good question. I think success is really individualized. Um, I mean, success is, is a recognition that, that somebody cares about them. Uh, success is having somebody realize that, that this is a, a gospel-fueled ministry, and if there was any experience that an individual had of negatively towards the church or an individual, um, that that would be reversed. You know, we want to see people freed and self-sufficient, being whole, and seeing their lives and relationships restored. Okay. And how, how big of a problem is this uh, numerically? You know, I think people struggle to, to put a number on it. You know, we, I'd say in Chicagoland, I'd say the people involved in it are three to five, yeah, 3,000 to 5,000 males at least, at least nationwide. I mean, just you can expand that by the by the population. I think it's so many people are involved in it. I think that, that what we can view on our television screen, the way that we can connect with people so easily, um, it's huge. It's huge. It's happening everywhere. Is this, John? Is this, this is Dave. Is this something that is found throughout the country? You know, mostly big cities, or is it found in smaller towns? You know, Dave, unfortunately, it's everywhere. I think any place that has a, a truck stop, any place that has 
um, uh, families who take advantage of a, of a child. It's really everywhere. Um, it's getting worse with COVID, actually. Um, uh, the Center for Missing and Exploited Children uh, just released some information that uh, online solicitation of children is up almost 100% from last year because you have all these kids who are now online and a lot of them aren't supervised or they're in homes where it's a first-generation Internet, so they don't really know how to um, put, put the proper restrictions on there. So it's, it's anywhere you have an Internet connection, there's a possibility for this to happen. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in here. Instead of going with uh, two breaks, we're going to go with one break today, and we're going to turn the corner when we come back and talk about the uh, ecumenical dimension uh, of this as well as the corporal and spiritual works of mercy. So hang on, and we'll be back to uh, finish up this conversation. More people around the world are interested in their family history. At Catholic Charities, we are hearing from adults who lived for a brief time at St. Vincent's Orphanage, the wonderful life-affirming agency that operated out of our headquarters for 91 years, serving thousands of women, children, and families until it closed in 1972. Our post-adoption services help adults who want to learn more about their experience at St. Vincent's. Our compassionate staff members provide whatever family background information they can offer, along with support and reunion services. To learn more, call 312-655-7093. That's 312-655-7093. The spirit of St. Vincent's lives on in the inspiring stories that continue to emerge today. Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass is a wonderful tradition that gathers more than 300 seniors from Chicago and its suburbs each year for a celebration of faith and friendship. Since public health guidelines do not allow us to meet in person this summer, the 2020 Senior Unity Mass will be held online on Thursday, August 6th at 11 a.m. Anyone age 55 plus is cordially invited. Find your nearest computer and log in to youtube.com, then type Catholic Chicago. We and our special guests are excited to stay connected to all of the seniors we care so very much about with this special event. That's the Catholic Charities Senior Unity Mass on August 6th at 11 a.m. on youtube.com slash catholicchicago. We hope to see you there. Do you have a gently used laptop or desktop computer that is gathering dust in your home? Consider donating to our Catholic Charities Veterans Computer Project. We will clean out your device, give it new software, and repurpose it for a veteran who is looking for employment. Your gift will make an incredible difference in a veteran's ability to find a job. Catholic Charities provides veteran services throughout Lake and suburban Cook counties, giving participants an array of professional and personal support. Our veterans have served our country, and it is our privilege to serve them. To learn more about Catholic Charities Veterans Services and the Veterans Computer Project, call 847-782-4219. That's 847-782-4219. 
And we are back. This is Deacon Richard Hudzik, joined today by Deacon Dave Brensick, Deacon Pete Letourneau, and John Blazy. We're heading into the second half of this uh, half-hour show, talking about Emmaus Ministries. Uh, we've done a review of it, and now we're going to turn that, uh, that corner uh, to two final topics uh, quickly. Uh, Pete, Emmaus Ministries is uh, self-described as a, as a ministry. Um, what role does faith play in the work of Emmaus Ministries? It's at the center of the ministry. Um, every meeting starts with a prayer. Every meeting ends with a prayer. Um, I know that the staff will stop throughout the day when they're at a challenging crossroads, and they'll pray together as a team. Um, and that's what's really great about the board of directors. It is truly an ecumenical board because— Now, what, is, what does that um, mean? What's ecumenical? What's that mean? So, so it, 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 uh, there are people represented on the board that come from many faith traditions. Um, it's just while the while the ministry was started by a Catholic deacon, it is not only run by Catholics. It is run by all those involved in various traditions. I know that um, the executive director is an Episcopal, um, and then um, as far as the board goes, there's myself and one other deacon, Deacon Jack Herman, who's on the board, and then uh, the newest member is also a retired Loyola professor who is also Catholic, but everybody else comes from um, various various faith backgrounds. Um, so, yeah. It's, but those uh, those, is, those faith backgrounds, that is, this is a uh, uh, exclusively Christian, is that fair to say, or, or, or no? Yes. Yeah, okay. As far as I'm aware, yes. I don't believe there are any non-Christian denominations involved in the ministry. John would have a better idea on that, but I believe everybody is is Christian-based and God-centered, and God is at the center of all that the ministry does. Now, is this uh, uh, spectrum of, of Christianity is this uh, is this a plus, or is this present uh, problems of its of its own? Blessing or, or or no? I'd say it's a blessing. How so? You, How so? Because it gives you good perspective on you know that. Our faith truly is, you know, faith truly is something that is universal. And while Catholics have our faith traditions, it doesn't mean that, you know, as long as somebody has that faith and belief in God, I believe then we have common ground and we can all move forward on obtaining the goal that we're trying to achieve, which is to end the exploitation of, for all mankind. Um, so I, I believe that it's it's a it's, it helps the ministry by giving people that varied. You know, a different set of eyes. I'm basically looking at the same issues. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm I'm going to speculate and uh, ask uh, you to affirm or deny or comment, uh, you and John. But I'm going to guess that the very fact of being ecumenical uh, is of benefit in reaching the uh, the men on the street. Is I'm going to guess they're not church guys. Uh, is that is that fair to say? I would say some do have some degree of faith, and, you know, unfortunately what may have happened to them in, in their younger days may have been somebody related to some sort of organized religion that, you know, may have abused them and they've lost that self-worth. But uh, they also, you know, I, they have, you know, when, at the drop-in ministry center, there is always prayer before meals. And they'll ask the various men to do that, and oftentimes they'll grab a Bible and 
and look for their favorite Bible verse to share with those gathered at the table. Um, and then, you know, I think that's one of those populations that no matter how hardened they are, they'll always say, God bless you, mm. um, you know, at the end of an interaction, because I think they they realize there's something smarter than them. And, and I think John Green had a tremendous uh, foresight on naming it Emmaus, because it truly is walking the road with the men who may, who are often, you know, ignored and ostracized in society. Um, it's, it's pretty powerful to, to be in that role in outreach and, act- and physically walk the streets with them to discuss, you know, their challenges that they're encountering at that moment. Now, is it fair to say that uh, the men whom you encounter at the drop-in center, in one degree, have an open heart? They're, uh, they've come to a place where they recognize that they're not self-sufficient. You've got something that they... that that would help them. Um, there is a, a piece of safety, perhaps even uh, minimally. Um, uh, you know, are, are the hearts disposed, uh, even a, a crack to uh, to the to the ministry of of those who work at the at Emmaus Ministry? It's a good question, Richard. I, I, by the time they come to the the drop-in center, they've typically engaged with with volunteers or people on staff probably several times. In general, uh, these are folks who've been taken advantage of many times, um, not only by uh, exploiters, but even, I'll say, I'll call them do-gooders. I think folks who mean to support them, but once you recognize the, the, the complex trauma that they've experienced, it takes a lot to really engage with them. And so we try to build... Um, relationships of trust, and that's our focus as we connect with these guys, so that when they come to the ministry center, it's a place of calm, it's a place of uh, recovery, it's a place of respite, so we can ease their nerves, ease their anxiety, so that we can have those opportunities to engage in really deep conversation, to address pressing spiritual and physical needs. Okay. All right. Now that's good. Um, and we've got two minutes to uh, to cover all of the uh, all fourteen of the uh, corporal and spiritual works of mercy. So we're going to talk really fast. I'm just kidding. Um, the, the work of Emmaus Ministries is, as I as I mentioned before, you know, ordinary in the sense that it is mainstream gospel uh, response to, uh, to to problems. The uh, Pope Francis in 2015, back in the day, Pete, when you were just starting out with, uh, with Emmaus Ministries, uh, declared the opening of the Year of Mercy, which focused us on the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, which are a, uh, a distillation of Jesus' response to uh, people in trouble whom he encountered. And I was, as I was looking at these, um, I'll go through just a couple. That's all we've got time for. Time. But it, it made me think, well, gosh, that's, that's Emmaus Ministries. Uh, the corporal works of mercy, to feed the hungry, to clothe the naked, to shelter the homeless, to visit the sick, to visit the imprisoned, or ransom the captive, to bury the dead. Anything there that um, Emmaus is not, in, in some sense, doing, uh, feeding, clothing, sheltering, uh, even temporarily visiting the sick, uh, visiting the imprisoned, and, and burying those who, who have died as a result of uh, the the tragic life that they lead is that is that Emmaus Ministries? Yes, it that, is. That, yes, it is. And, yeah, and um, 
Go ahead, Bud. Go ahead, Bud John. Somebody go ahead. Don't be so okay, polite. I'll go, I'll, I'll, I'll go ahead. I, it really does capture it. You know, we, we've, we've hosted funerals at our offices. You know, our offices are in the in the building that, that has, also has a church. We we just earlier this year, a, a guy came to me after he had a very difficult um, encounter with a person. He had his clothes ripped up, clothes were missing, and he took a shower in our facilities, and we, we gave him new clothes. That's that's really the core of our work, are it, the works of mercy. It's ordinary, but it's it's vitally important. The spiritual works of mercy, uh, instruct the ignorant, counsel the doubtful, admonish the sinner, Bear patiently those who wrong us, forgive offenses, comfort the afflicted, and to pray for the living and the dead. You know, we talked about the uh, a good outcome. The, the The point is not to uh, uh, the the point is to move people, the, the men, out of this life that they find themselves in due to a variety of factors. But um, you know, instructing the ignorant. You're not just saying ignorant in the sense of of, of not being informed about all of uh, what's happening to them, counsel the doubtful. It's not that, oh, gosh, uh, pat somebody on the head and send them back to the street. That's that's not Emmaus Ministries. Um, you're offering a focus, a direction. Is that is that fair to say? It, it really is. And when I think about the, the spiritual works of mercy, it's something that not only we're helping the men experience and show those, but it's also something that it's the staff that we engage every day. Okay, so it's you a two-way street, so that I'm hearing far in the distant background a, a little echo of our bumper music, which means time for me to shut up, but to thank uh, <laughs> uh, Pete and John and, and Dave uh, the, the, for your contribution to this conversation. Uh, Emmaus Ministries is at streets.org. Uh, take a look. Uh, it's vital work. It's gospel work. It's ecumenical work. It is the work of what deacons are supposed to be doing. Join us in this ministry. Um, it's the life of a Christian. God bless you all. Join us every Monday through Friday at this time for Catholic Chicago. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.